Welcome to Coffee and an Interview. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Suzanne Carpenter, who's going to talk to us about eating disorders and a journey of food, health, and wellness. Welcome, Suzanne. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for joining us for such a critical topic. Um, I wanted to just kind of start right there and ask you to tell us about your journey. How did you get into this area? What's your journey with food, health, wellness, and eating disorders? Right. Well, it's quite a journey. So let me just start out by saying I had the secret that I didn't plan to tell anybody. I had it since I was in high school. I'm married to the love of my life. Never planned to tell him. So I'll get to that in just a second. But like by trade, the nerdy thing is I'm called a certified nutritional consultant. That just means that I have this ridiculous understanding of the human body and how food affects it. So my whole mission in life is to clear food confusion for people. Because what I realized is that we have this really serious problem, especially women are suffering, men too, but women are the ones that I really tie into. They're suffering because they're really frustrated and they're confused about what what it takes to lose weight. And so I developed inexpensive online programs to help them so that they can understand what to eat so they could get the weight off and they just didn't have to suffer anymore and could really just love their lifestyle while they were losing weight and after and no more of this yo-yo and fad stuff. So personally though, I live just north of Atlanta, Georgia and I've been married just 24 years and I have four kids and Every three or four months, I can still turn a load of laundry pink. (laughs) I never did really get that one down. I'm just like every other female out there, just showing up, doing it brave. But um, it was a few years ago, you know, I said I had the secret. It was a few years ago that 10, 11 years now that somebody said, you know, you say you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And that question stopped me dead in my tracks. And I lost some sleep over that one because I had an eating disorder. I'm going to always be recovering from my eating disorder. But when I was asked that question, would you change for your kids? Suddenly I realized that if I didn't get myself right and be a better role model, it was highly likely that my two girls were going to grow up and have the same mean girl voice in their heads that I had. And very probably they were going to grow up with the same fractured relationship with food that I had. And I couldn't stand the idea of them suffering like I was. I was used to my life and the way things were going. And it's what I knew. But it was when I realized that they were going to have the same thoughts and feelings that I did, that it became unimaginable. And that's when I became willing to invest in getting a little bit of help and with dietitians and counselors and letting them teach me what I didn't know that I was looking for and say for the first time that I had an eating disorder. I, I mean, I had to tell somebody that I was paying that I had this. So then what ends up happening is I'm thinking, I'm just doing this for myself. I'm going to get myself right. So I'm a really good role model for my girls and that's it. But these principles emerged and it became where my mother Teresa complex came out. And I thought, now, not everybody is struggling like I was to the depth that I was, but I knew that two out of three Americans were overweight and one out of three was obese. And people were struggling because they were looking for ways to lose weight. There's a gym on every corner, yet our nation's getting heavier and heavier. And I thought, I have a message because of the journey that I went through. It's not that I'm um, disqualified because of what I went through. It was actually, I was qualified 
because of what I went through. And it helped me to find my voice, to love on others, to encourage them through their food journey, just to help them get to the end of always feeling the body shame and that I have to start another diet. And so my platform is about educating, teaching. And when you educate, you empower. And when you empower, you can inspire somebody to change. And that is like my passion project that I'm spending the rest of my life doing. It's an amazing story. Um, we we were prepping for the episode and I shared that I myself have had a very crazy relationship with food and probably around um, the age of 19, realizing and admitting to myself that I was a binge eater back then and having to turn that around, but doing that on my own without resources because of the shame. There's so much shame around our relationship with food and shame with weight and shame with with whether we're um, anorexic, bulimic, binge eaters, um, and no time to really think about where that's coming from. It's more than just food itself. It's our relationship and emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, you know, I will often say when I'm working with my one-on-one clients and my small groups that every 10 pounds that we're carrying is really a protection or a layer of pain that we're buffering our insides from. It's like, it is true that you do eat your feelings because we haven't really learned how to think about what we're thinking about and think about what we're feeling. And a lot of times, in fact, most times, we're taught to turn to food, to stand in the place of the emotion, to give us a temporary break from whatever pain or struggle we're feeling. Food stands in the gap as a friend for a lot of people. And it can be hard to begin to realize I might need to find a different friend and I might need to do something different because my health depends on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a difficult journey. So in your journey, you learn so many things, principles, lessons, um, things that I think we can share now with our listeners. What are some of those lessons you've learned through your journey or some of those principles? Right. Okay. So we can get really practical on the boring things like we need to drink our three liters of water or protein, fat, and fiber at every meal, make maintaining or losing weight, no big deal. We can get practical on we need eight hours of sleep. Let me tell you why. Because if you don't sleep enough, you're going to store body fat. And if you don't sleep enough, your cravings for sugary foods go up. So we need to sleep. We need to lower stress. It's all like this wagon wheel of creating a lifestyle. But man, how do you get to want to do that kind of stuff? That's the that's like the part that you have to almost scoop underneath. So what, what we can do that's really practical is start settling into, I'm going to increase my fiber. Fiber is a zero calorie part to carbohydrate has no calories. Your body can't digest it. Your body's going to burn a crazy amount of calories trying to digest it. It's going to act like a broom and a sponge, soak up calories, fats, and toxins, and usher them out of your body into the toilet bowl. And you are going to feel full. That's the most important part. You're drinking your water. You're eating these high fiber foods. You're going to feel full. Most people can't stick with a new lifestyle, a weight loss lifestyle, because it usually involves shrinking your portions and you're physically and emotionally hungry. So fiber causes your stomach to stretch, signals your brain, I'm full, signals to your brain that you're getting food so your metabolism stays on fire. So that's a super practical thing that we can do right away is up that fiber. So when I'm working with my clients, I help them learn what their portion sizes are for their bodies and then how much fiber they need to eat, how much net carb, what is a net carb by the way? And why do we need to pay attention to it? Why protein? Like I break it down and teach Put these things on your plate. 
You eat it, and the good news is the food's going to do the work for you. You don't have to stress about it and make it happen. If you eat these delicious foods, it's going to work in your favor. And I did not just say chicken and broccoli. Like, we figure out how to just <laughs> all kinds of awesome this thing up. Okay, but the thing is, you can get a meal plan. You can get a menu to follow from a trainer or off the internet all day long, but we don't stick with it. And that's the real crux of this deal. Like, how come we don't stick with it? Well, mostly it's because you're starving and because it's so restrictive and you don't really like the way you're eating. Okay, so one, we have to solve for, we need a lot of volume of food and it has to taste good. The other thing is we have to get really real about the fact that most of us are in a place where we have a fractured relationship with food because food is standing in as our friend. And it becomes this uh, journey after you begin to feel smart about what food to buy at the grocery store and what to put on your plate and you start to sleep better and you start to know your inches are coming off and you're starting to notice the scale is moving and you're feeling better. Once that education happens, then we can go into the next part, which is the longevity piece, which is why am I emotionally going after the food? What am I wanting the food to do for me? Is it helping me feel less stressed for a few minutes because I numbed out? Is it helping me procrastinate from writing a scary email or having a hard conversation? Is it helping me to feel like I'm being busy when the kids are running around screaming and I need a distraction? It's like we have to begin to feel success feel full, feel excited. And when that happens, then we can start to go to that next level of, all right, when I do turn to food for the binging, because I was a binger, what am I wanting this food to do? And then realizing it's probably not going to do it. Yeah. So that's, so that, I mean, at first it sounded pretty easy, like, all right, let me throw in more fiber, more water, but there's something at the core. We have to understand our relationship with food. Right. And until we do that, we really can make all these other things last for a lifetime versus a fad. That is, and that's exactly it. And when you begin with the education and you understand, oh, I can up my fiber and I'm not going to feel hungry. And this is going to rub my metabolism. There's an element of excitement and hope and encouragement with that. And then what happens next is you're eating breakfast, lunch, bridge snack, and dinner. Bridge snack is to ruin your dinner. It's actually, most people go to dinner time and they're thinking it's going to be the last supper and they're going to eat their arms off. So if we can throw a bridge snack in and we can offset that hunger a smidge, if we've had breakfast, lunch, bridge snack, and dinner, your body's been fed, you're far less likely to be binging at nighttime because you fed your body during the day. What I just said sounds so easy in coming out of my mouth. It is so difficult to trust and to implement. But when I can be compelling enough with people to trust me enough to feed their bodies during the day, which was one of my hardest things that I had to change. When you feed your body during the day, your need for massive calories and binging at nighttime goes down. So biology is beginning to work in your favor so that you can begin to get some traction on this emotional binging. And when you are eating breakfast, lunch, bridge, snack, and dinner, and protein, fat, and fiber every meal, we've calmed down about eight hungry hormones. So your body right now is finally in a state where your blood sugar is balanced, your hungry hormones are down, you're not having to fight cravings as hard. That helps you to get a handle on why would I turn to food now? Because you're, you're actually in a place where your body is kind of on top of the water rather than underwater dog paddling, trying to get up out of the water. So when you can start those few couple principles, the first few weeks, and you start to get results, 
you start to go, oh, this is, this is making me feel better. And then I can help people learn how to, instead of binging on their favorite foods, how instead to treat it like a bank account, you know, like we have a bank account of calories, just like we have a bank account at the bank. You get to choose what you spend your money on. So then we can choose what we spend our calories on as well. As long as for the most part, you're getting your nutritious foods, like I just described, but can we budget in those favorite things while you're losing weight? so that you don't feel like you're restricted all the time. This begins the cycle. But the problem is so many people are like microwaves rather than an oven. And we want things really, really, really fast. I do, I want it all fast. I want it yesterday as a matter of fact. Same with weight loss. But if I can get people to realize all the things that I just said to you are parts of this journey that we need to unwind. Kind of like that rope swing. You know, when we were kids and you'd, you'd twirl the rope swing up and then you had to get it to go the other way for a while. That's a lot of what we have to do with nutrition too. I give an idea, I give a lesson, I teach. You need time to practice it, to reinforce it, to trust it. This stuff takes a while. So we're more like ovens with this weight loss. We didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get out of here overnight. Yeah, that's a good point. You actually uh, love some of these, um, some metaphors and terminologies, the bank account of calories. So it's a very positive way of thinking about, okay, I've earned all of this today or throughout the week. What do I want to use it on? Um, This concept of microwave versus ovens, you're right. I think a lot of us want those fast wins, but this is so complex. If we're looking for something that's lasting for our whole lives, a lifelong change, not a fad or one, two, three year change. And I've been there. My changes are one, two, maybe every five years, I make a big change. And and then five years later, I'm back to where I was and I need to start over again because there's so many things that I needed to work on, starting with that relationship with food, starting with um, habits and principles that we can implement one at a time, two at a time, really adopt them into our lives, bring in the next one or two to add on. And I think sometimes we just jump into this 500 calorie a day weight loss or this boot camp weight loss program or this. And those are those, uh, not all of them, but some of those things are good things, but they're not actual life changes. They're just temporary adjustments. They're the microwaves. We're trying to put in the microwaves of our lives. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the thing, like, it, it's really kind of neat seeing society is wanting to create a healthier lifestyle. Like, people want to, I, they actually want their identity to be in their sphere, like, I'm healthy. That's, a, that's becoming a really big positive, which is awesome. But then when you think about that, whatever pattern of eating you're going to do that works for you is perfect. The question is, can you see yourself doing it when you're 85? Because if the answer is no, we have not gotten there yet. And that's the problem that I want to solve for people. So if we're restricting calories so low, you don't see yourself doing it when you're 85, we're not there. If you're taking out food groups that you don't see yourself leaving out when you're 85, we're not there. If you're taking out alcohol or dining out to lose weight, but you plan to bring it back in when you're done, You haven't learned how to lose weight with those things in there. You associate weight loss with taking things out. That doesn't create for the pattern of eating. So the neat thing is we want a lifestyle. It's just that people need some trusted truth tellers who are based in science, who are able to say, here's all the noise. Here's the foundation that you need. Like, for instance, for me, I'm a former first grade teacher, so I can explain science in a way that a first grader gets it. My 
thought on my place in nutrition is I'm the base of the pyramid. I'm down here providing the education and the knowledge that we were not taught when we were in grade school or high school that we should have been taught. So here's the foundation, make it super approachable. I'm not going to use fancy words like riboflavin and lipoproteins because that doesn't resonate with hardly even me. I'm kidding. But like I have to use real live words, real live teaching so that we understand the grocery store, dining out, how to order in, how to read labels, the basics. Now, there's a lot of people out there who need specialty things, specialty diets, specialty work. Their bodies are more complex. I'm addressing right here, which is the majority, sort of like your general practitioner, but you have your specialty surgeon, you have your specialty psychiatrist that, that have really niched down. But we, as a society, we've got to get this baseline thing right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, and I think that baseline is where we, we miss out because we're jumping on all these things yeah. that, that say, hey, you're going to get results in 30 days. I just saw someone lose like 20 something pounds in three weeks. And I'm thinking, how did he do that? Yeah, I need to do that too. And uh, and so we start jumping on the microwave bandwagon mm-hmm. instead of the oven bandwagon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these have been some amazing uh, tips and insights for us, really forcing us to look at our relationship with food, but not just that, it's just our lifestyle. Right. Where do, how are we living? What are we doing? Where do we want to go next? And, and I think health, I mean, you know, without, without your health, without health and wellness, your body, if it's not healthy, you can't support your mind. It can't support your goals. It can't support your, your next ventures. Um, and so I wanted to see if you had any other advice or any takeaways for us uh, so that we can keep wrapping our head around um, how do I make these long-term changes and have a, a better life? I think we all want a better life. You said it. It's not, it's not just like a big fad on social media. I think we're all, especially now, are recognizing more than ever how important it is to live our best life. And we just don't always know how to get there. You know, it, it is a good point. And for the people that are listening right now, this is so great that you're here here because you that's a sign that you want change and you're listening for what's something that I can take away and I can do right away so in all honesty you think about even Tiger Woods or the great professional athletes they have a coach and a mentor even though they're physically considered top of their game mentally and physically I think it is so important to have somebody who is four five six steps ahead of you as a coach, a mentor, nutritionist, a a business coach, a thought leader, whatever, somebody who's ahead of you on the journey that you need to be on, that you're working with, that can hold you accountable, who can encourage you, who can help you navigate pitfalls, who can help you get back on track so that you stay on track. Going alone is not going to get you there. You want to be thinking, who can I lock arms with to go with? who's going to help me get there because the stiff winds will come. It will get hard. It will get boring. It will be where you're distracted. It'll be where in my world, the scale didn't move the way it should have been. I know science wise why it didn't. I can explain to you how come your body went up two pounds when it should have dropped and what's going to happen in three days. But if you didn't have somebody who knows those answers to encourage you, you'd be so likely to stop and turn around and go the other way. So you need someone who's able to go, well, we have to look at this just a little bit differently so that you can stay the course to your health. And it is kind of a boring subject to talk about. We're going to clean up my health. 
And right away we think diet and we think restriction, taking out all my favorite foods, I'm going to feel deprived all the time. It does not have to be that way. We're looking to create a pattern of eating. We're looking to reduce portion sizes in certain areas. Like I said, with the bank account, how do you pull in the foods that you love so you don't feel deprived? But how do we think differently about the place that food has in your life so that your health improves? And it's not ever about gene size or vanity. And I know I've talked a lot about weight loss in these last moments. It's not about that. It's more about are you healthy? Are you able to run up the stairs, run down the road, go to the mailbox, chase the kids, get on the floor, get up? Are you able to sustain the whole day? Do you feel vibrant and alive? Does your body ache or not ache? It's about when you get out of bed and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're getting dressed, are you putting on every single pair of jeans and t-shirts that you wear because none of them make you feel confident and good about yourself? Or are you getting in the closet and everything fits and you jump in and off you go? What I know about women, myself, is that when we don't look and feel our very best, that mean voice is loud and we feel inferior, we feel small, we don't want to compete, we don't even want to leave the house, we want to wear our pajamas and Netflix, and we feel sad, we feel gray, and that's a problem. Because there's something that each one of us are uniquely meant to do in this world, and it's not play small. And so sometimes in order for you to go do what it is you need to do, whether it's build the business, get the degree, apply for the position, run for the leadership role, do the place in church, do the thing in the community, love your family better. It actually means you're going to have to take care of yourself first. You're going to have to start first working hard on you and what you need to change if it's your health, if it's your emotions, is it your weight, is it whatever, you taking care of yourself has a ripple effect of good things happening for your loved ones. It's the least selfish thing you can do. When you feel good about yourself, you pour into relationships better. You're more alert. You're more awake. You're more giving towards others. You have a better sense of momentum, a better vibrancy to you. So Taking care of your health is one of the most generous things you can do for the people that you know and love because a better you gives better you to them. Yeah, yeah, great advice. Um, if you feel good about yourself, then you'll be able to focus on all those other things and really give 100% of yourself. And, and then I'm also thinking long-term, where and how do you want to see yourself in 10 years, 20 years, when you're 80, 90? Mm -hmm. um, do you, you know, health-wise, family-wise, value-wise, accomplishment-wise, and not forget that, that image of who and where you want to be in that time, uh, but also think about the present, how much better you'll be, how much more successful in everything in life if you feel good about yourself because you're taking care of yourself. Self-care is extremely important and being healthy is about self-care. Yes, yes. And vice versa. Yeah. So th this has been a wonderful advice and information. Um, like I said, for me, it's been very enlightening because while I myself have had um, struggles that I kept a secret mm -hmm. for a long time and still sort of do, um, it, you know, still many struggles continue today when it comes to my relationship with food and when it comes to thinking about um, long-term life 
happiness, success now, and again, long-term. And so you gave me a lot of things to think about uh, in terms of that. And, and some, some things I can start doing one or two things at a time. It's not, let's take on everything. Um, and something else you said is don't do it alone. Uh, those right. were in your exact words, but look for that person who's four five, six steps ahead of you or that community so that you're able to have that guidance so that you're staying on track with whatever goals you establish for yourself. And I think that those are some great bits of advice to help us get to that end goal, whatever that end goal is. And it's not just about the scale because we're always thinking about the scale or the number on the jeans that we buy, the size. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're younger or older, we're always looking at those things. And it's not about that. It's greater and it affects our emotional health, our, our mental health, everything. So our health wellness um, becomes very important when we look at all those things beyond the scale. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much for um, joining us today. Uh, I wanted to see if you had any final words of advice or any final thoughts or anything we might have missed in this interview that you might want to share with our listeners before we close up our episode today. Well, I think I just really want to say if, if you've got something right now that is stirring on you that you've heard that you're feeling like you need to change, today's a really good day to start. Not tomorrow. No matter what you did up until the moment you heard this message. I don't know if you're listening to this at 10 a.m. or 5 p.m. No matter what's happened today up until this very moment, if you're feeling like I need to start doing something with my health or I need to start building this business or I need to go get this degree or I need to apply for this is a really, really good moment right now for you to take action. And it can be a small step forward because this is what I know. If you do 1% every single day better than the day before, just one little thing, one little percent, you have time on your side and consistency compounds. So maybe it feels like you did a very small thing today just by taking control of this very moment. But really, if you consistently do that, you'll be amazed a year from now when you look back at your progress. I will work with people in my world where I'll say, you know, average weight loss is a half a pound to two pounds a week. And some are like, ah, Suze, are you kidding me? That's not fast enough. I'm like, I know, me either, but that's healthy. Now, imagine if you lost a half a pound a week for a whole year and you were 26 pounds lighter and I could take that off you right now because this was your one year mark today. Would you be happy with that? Most people are like, heck yeah, I would be. I'm like, that's right. So slow and steady wins the race, but starting is the most important thing. If you want to get to the front of the line, you have to get in line. And you might fall out of line. And that's where you need that coach to help you get back in line faster. But this is a good day to start. Great advice. Today is a great day to start. Whatever it is you need to start, start today, even if it's 1%. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for joining us for Coffee and an Interview. It's been great hearing your stories and learning from you about eating disorders, food, health, and wellness, mm -hmm. and really uh, tips that apply to anyone across the board. I truly appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you for having me on. You know, and for your listeners, I have a free gift for them. Um, you can go to Carpenter 180, which is so it's Carpenter, like the guy of the hammer, O-N-E-8-0.com. And there's SOS, which is Sue's on your shoulder. And this is for your person. It's seven days free of SOS. 
Okay, so that's awesome. It's a daily soundbite, comes right to your phone, three to four minutes long. It's me delivering a message, beginning to teach you the nuts and bolts of what you need to know to begin to create a healthier pattern with eating. So that's awesome. It's seven free days, but at the coupon at checkout, if you put in coffee, I'm going to send you four grocery lists because none of us need a 17 page grocery list. It's confusing, right? We need something down and dirty. That's like, go get these foods, bring them in the house and that will serve you. And those grocery lists are for like Trader Joe's, Costco, your regular grocery store, ordering online, just to clear up any confusion or obstacles for people. But they're like the real practical, this is the stuff you need to have in your house to really help you rev your metabolism, have weight loss without hunger, feel full and not deprived. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for that. I need to jump on that right away. <laughs> for all of our listeners, you uh, will see underneath the description and in interview resources in that section, you'll get the information for the seven free days of SOS from Suzanne Carpenter. And you'll also see the code coffee with where to go in order to get those four lists that you can use to do your food shopping. So here's another way that we can actually just start today. That first 1%, whatever your health and wellness goals are, whatever you want to work on when it comes to your relationship with food, um, Suzanne's already giving us something to jumpstart us for that, for that idea of starting today, even with that 1%. So Suzanne, thank you so much for this great gift for our listeners. And I will be taking advantage of it as well. Good. Um, <laughs> because start. habits, healthy habits, you start today. Uh, and thank you once again for being here with us for coffee and an interview. It's been an amazing experience learning so many of these tips from you and really Aww. feeling like health and wellness are accessible, are doable, and that we really can succeed in whatever journey, whatever our goals are and the journey to get to those goals. Yes. 